This is episode 252 of the AWS podcast, released on July 1st, 2018. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Samuel Shah here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a guest, a guest that uh, regular podcast listeners would be familiar with. It's uh, Mr. John Handler, who is a principal solution architect here at Amazon Web Services, and he knows everything there is to know about Amazon Elasticsearch. So uh, welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks, Simon, and welcome, everybody. Uh, bold claim there. I'm not sure I can claim to know <laughs> everything there is to know, but uh, I do my best. It's, it's great to make claims on other people's behalf, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do a, a really good roundup of some of the key updates and things that have changed with this service. Uh, but first, how about you just give us the very brief, what is the Amazon Elasticsearch service? and maybe some cool things you've seen done with it lately. Absolutely. Yeah, let me start with uh, what is Elasticsearch for anybody out there who's not familiar with it. Uh, Elasticsearch is a search engine technology, and you can think of it a little bit like uh, a Google almost, where you send in your own data. So as a search engine, Elasticsearch provides you with uh, capabilities of handling natural language text, uh, breaking that down and making it available uh, to search. And Elasticsearch came out around 2009 uh, and initially as a search engine. And uh, what happened is people started putting their log data into Elasticsearch. And I'm talking about infrastructure logs, things like syslogs or application logs like Apache web logs or business application logs. Uh, all of that data was tremendously useful to put it into a search engine because if something went wrong or you needed to figure something out, you could actually dig into your logs and find that thing. You know, imagine the poor sock operator who's sitting there at three in the morning with 50 terabytes of 10,000 servers worth of logs. Well, throw it into a search engine and hey, it's really easy to pull out the problem and, and find it. So that was such a compelling use case that Elasticsearch kind of grew an ecosystem around it to support that, including a couple of open source technologies. Uh, one of them called Logstash, which makes it simple, made it simple to transfer uh, log data into Elasticsearch. And then another of them called Kibana, which made it simple to build visualizations on top of that log data. So if you wanted to uh, aggregate across the status codes of your web server, you could simply build uh, a histogram in Kibana that would show you sort of where are my errors and, and where are my positive responses, my 200s. So that was Elasticsearch, and Elasticsearch continues to be tremendously popular uh, for those workloads. Then what happens, though, Elasticsearch, easy to use, easy to get started, popular open source software, can be a little bit difficult to manage, to own and operate. So with Elasticsearch service, what we did is we wrapped Elasticsearch with AWS management to make it easier to run Elasticsearch in the AWS cloud. Hopefully that wasn't too long-winded uh, a description there. <laughs> I think it, it gets you there. And also as a, another element of demystification, if you've ever heard people talking about elk stacks or elk, uh, they're not necessarily talking about horned creatures. Uh, <laughs> the magic combination of Elasticsearch, Logstash, and Kibana. ELK, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... 
We have a lot of customers who use this service and love it. And as ever, we like to get feedback from customers of things they'd like to see. And you've got a whole bunch of really cool things to share with us. So maybe let's start with something near and dear to our hearts, which is security. What's changed on the security front? Yeah, you know, the Elasticsearch service has been out since 2015. And even from the beginning, we knew that our security stance wasn't quite there yet. You know, as AWS, we always like to uh, bring out a product and then iterate and innovate and and bring it forward, uh, making it better all the time. Security is one of those areas where uh, we came out with our product and we knew that we had to make some progress there. So we've been steadily releasing features that address uh, some of the security concerns of our customers um, and and close up some of the gaps. Um, Amongst those, first of those is uh, we launched the ability to uh, launch an Elasticsearch service domain inside your VPC. So this is supported through Elastic Network Interfaces. Um, You specify your VPC, you give it subnets, you can add security groups to control access or shape the traffic that goes into that subnet, and uh, you can keep all of your traffic within your private uh, VPC IP space. Um, that one that one was a, a really high on the list. Many of our customers wanted the ability to launch into VPC, and we're, we were really excited uh, to launch that. We see tremendous uptake of that feature, uh, lots of customers using it. Yeah, it's a, a good one in terms of controlling where things are, are located. Uh, it just gives an extra degree of network level control that potentially wasn't available before. Exactly. Along with VPC, we also uh, launched the ability to encrypt your data at rest within Amazon Elasticsearch Service. Uh, so you can now, with your own KMS key, uh, specify your key, uh, mark the domain as encrypted, and you're then your data within. Uh, the service that is either on disk or on EBS volumes or in the service managed snapshots that we take, uh, that data is encrypted with your KMS key. So that's a great thing for any sensitive data. And there've been some high profile uh, issues with people logging things in logs that probably should have been logged. (laughs) Encrypting that data probably helps. (laughs) Exactly. So encrypting your logs does give you that extra layer of protection just in case something slips and gets into your log files. Uh, at least you have it encrypted at rest. Now, I think the next one you're going to talk about is around Cognito and Kibana. And this is one I know for me, I've been waiting for a while. So tell us about it. Oh, nice. So uh, we launched uh, integration with Amazon Cognito. Uh, if you're not familiar, Amazon Cognito is a uh, ide- federated identity uh, and authentication provider. Uh, it's a service within AWS. Our integration allows you to import uh, your federated identities from SAML providers like LDAP, uh, bring them in, and uh, make those available. Incognito, it backs out to an IAM policy, which is the primary way that you control security within Elasticsearch Service. So you can specify different policies for different groups of users or individual users and apply those to logged in users uh, via Cognito. Along with that, we added a login capability to Kibana. So when you open the service managed, uh, when you open your domain, you click on the the link to your Kibana uh, endpoint, then we present you with that uh, login screen powered by Cognito, and 
you can log in to Kibana there and then control the access of the, the users underneath. And this is really great because for most users of the Elk stack, the Kibana part is the interaction. Yeah. Um, I will say that we, you know, this is also a feature that's somewhat in progress right now. So uh, as of right now, because of the way that Kibana does visualizations, uh, you can't directly control which users have access to different visualizations. Uh, that is something that's uh, obviously a part of this feature that's uh, both highly requested and necessary. So uh, not there right yet, but you know, stay tuned. Keep an eye. Yeah, keep an eye. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that's a, a lot of stuff in the security domain. But as you mentioned earlier on, monitoring is one of the key use cases that the uh, Elasticsearch service is used for. Have we improved anything there? Yeah, so we did add uh, the ability to send Elasticsearch slow logs to CloudWatch logs. So just a bit of explanation. Uh, Elasticsearch, when you send an update, in other words, a document that you want indexed, or you send a query that you know, you're, you're querying your search engine. Uh, if that takes longer than a particular threshold, Elasticsearch will log that, that query or that update to what's called a slow log. And you have the capability of setting the thresholds and setting the uh, logging level that you want out of Elasticsearch. So with Elasticsearch service, we've now uh, opened it so that you can hook up your Elasticsearch service domain to CloudWatch logs, set those thresholds in Elasticsearch, and then when you have queries that are running slowly or you have updates that are taking a long time, uh, we'll send those slow logs over to CloudWatch logs. It's a really great tool to be able to debug and figure out uh, where your query performance maybe is lacking or uh, whether your updates are perhaps lagging behind and you need to address that a little bit. Yeah, it just gives you a heads up to, to problems that are creeping in. And what we often find is if you focus on the kind of worst two to three to even 5% of cases, uh, improvements in those tend to flow all the way through. So this monitoring is really important. Yeah, especially for Elasticsearch, which is a, a distributed algorithm. And fundamentally, uh, a single slow query can, if, it, if you will, gum up the works so that other, even you know, even your faster queries can't get through and, and things start to back up. So especially with Elasticsearch and especially addressing that, you know, top 10% of your, uh, your slower queries and updates is, can, can yield you a lot of benefit and gain. Yeah, that's, that's a nice one. Now, you're a long-term Amazonian, as am I, and one of the things that's kind of built into our DNA is the desire to save customers money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind exactly. of a, 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 a prime directive, I think, as a solution architect. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It, it is firmly in our DNA to pick the right solution and to help, the, help our customers uh, optimize on their costs so that, uh, you know, Number customer satisfaction is our our number one driver. So absolutely, yeah. And I know where you're I've going. Never had with anyone this. say they want to spend more <laughs> on something? That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> and I know where you're going with this because we have had you know long standing desire uh, our customers have had to uh, support reserved instances with an Elasticsearch service. And uh, just recently, we launched support for Elasticsearch. Uh, for reserved instances within Elasticsearch service. Um, these instances are specific to the service. So this is not, uh, you wouldn't purchase them through EC2, you purchase them through Elasticsearch service. 
and uh, we support both the uh, no upfront, partial upfront, and all upfront uh, RI models, one in three year reservations. And discounts range between 30% and 50%, depending on uh, whether you're all upfront, partial upfront, no upfront, and the term of the contract. Uh, but you can save up to 50% on the, on the biggest savings end. And that's really important. I mean, with this type of service, customers will often run at least the production versions thereof for long periods of time ongoing. And that's where the reserved instance model really fits in well. So I know a lot of customers will like this one. And it's one of those ones where if you're already running a cluster and you've been running it for a while, you're probably in a really great position to just switch to reserved instances and immediately save some money and invest that in something else more useful. Exactly. So we do have a, a sort of grab bag of additional things that we've launched, uh, some of them you know, larger than others, uh, and some of them more sort of paper cuts. So amongst those, um, I'll mention that we, do ha- we have launched support for Elasticsearch versions 6.0 and 6.2. And um, just if we look a little bit at our cadence around launching support for new versions of Elasticsearch, uh, early on in the services history, uh, we did not do the most the, the best job of keeping up to date with Elastic as they released their versions. Uh, but I think we've really hit our stride and we've come to a cadence uh, where we see our releases coming in the you know month to two month timeframe after Elastic launches uh, its launch. It makes that version publicly available. So uh, version support, and, and we should expect to, to remain on that kind of cadence uh, and continue to bring out new versions uh, with alacrity. And so that's useful for customers who want to upgrade and get advantage of those new features. It also means they can test the new versions in a newly spun up cluster before doing the big production shift across, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, You can get yourself started on version X plus one and uh, still be running your production workload on version X. So yeah, yeah, that's, it's nice. Another really exciting thing that we launched was uh, support for the I3 instances. Um, I3 instances are uh, fantastic, phenomenal instances. And at the large end, they provide a ton of capability uh, in terms of disk and network, as well as in terms of CPU power. So we also, with the launch of, with our support for I3 instances, uh, we raised the ceiling on how much data we could store within an Elasticsearch service domain. So as of now, um, our instance limit for data instances in a cluster is 100, and the i316XLs have 15 terabytes of instance store. And so with 100 of those, you can get up to 1.5 petabytes of storage, um, and, wow. and with a ton of compute behind it, too. So this is yeah, a, that's the thing. You're not, you're not sacrificing compute for storage or anything like that. You've got performance and space. Exactly, exactly. And we're so excited about these. Uh, you know, we see we've been doing tons of testing and we see their capabilities. And uh, if you look at the cost performance, uh, cost per storage ratios, um, the i3 family actually comes in at the low end for price per gigabyte of storage per month. Uh, if you compare it with the M4s, R4s, uh, and C4s, 
with maxed out EBS volumes in the service. So in the service, we only support up to 1.5 terabytes per volume. Uh, but the amount of storage you get per dollar in the i3 instance family is almost the best. It's around 35 cents per gigabyte month uh, in the service. So it's kind demand. of like the, the, the right instance for the job in that case. It, Yes, we are highly recommending the i3s. The one exception there is at the small end, uh, if you don't have tons of data, you can actually save by de by deploying smaller EBS volumes. So, uh, you know, as you expand beyond about three terabytes, that's about where the price per gigabyte crosses over. And beyond that, the i3s look great all the way. Fantastic. And the thing I love about the i3s is that as you said, it allows you to store up to 1.5 petabytes. Of yeah, data. petabytes. I know. Yeah, and, and I know for a fact that uh, the service teams don't do this just for fun and because uh, they've got nothing to do on the weekend. They do it because customers are asking for that. So I want to meet the customer with a one and a half petabyte uh, Elasticsearch domain. <laughs> yeah, we do have customers with very large. Uh, Elasticsearch deployments. They, I'm not able to speak about them publicly, uh, mm -hmm. but we do have uh, a few customers that are on the the larger end. Although we don't yet have a one and a half petabyte customer that uh, right now. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a few other bits and pieces that would be useful to definitely many of our international listeners. Yeah. So uh, we did launch support for Korean language with the Sunjon, and I hope I'm saying that close to correctly, uh, uh, open source plugin that supports Korean language analysis. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of demand from customers in Korea who wanted to have better capabilities with managing Korean language. So we were excited to bring that out. That's really useful. I'm not going to try and pronounce that either. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we had a, uh, you know, one of the paper cuts in the service. Uh, one of the service's capabilities is to be able to uh, launch or to allow you to make changes to your underlying uh, search service cluster. And we, we didn't get into this too much. And, and just for those who don't quite know, uh, Elasticsearch is a distributed algorithm that operates on a cluster of instances. Um, when you use the service, you specify the instance types that you want and the storage that you want. Uh, but for customers that need to uh, gradually scale up, who you know whose workload is increasing, um, we have also the ability to reconfigure your cluster and we do a blue-green, essentially, deployment where we bring in new instances. Uh, Elasticsearch replicates the data across both sets, and then we drop the old ones. So that, that kind of deployment model uh, is very powerful. It really allows customers to get in there, uh, change things like the storage media that they're using within their cluster. So you want to go EBS to ephemeral store, you can do that. You can change out instance types. Uh, it's a really nice feature. Um, as a kind of uh, first cut at the product, we supported a lot of operations through that blue-green deployment, even some that didn't quite make sense. And one of those was access policies. So when you changed an access policy uh, for your Elasticsearch service domain, we would actually go through the blue-green deployment regardless. And uh, that meant that if you had you know, a couple hundred terabytes of data and you were switching over an access policy, it could take you many hours, which was clearly not right. Not so, optimal. <laughs> not optimal at all. Uh, so we did actually release a uh, feature that now, specifically for access policies, when you make a change, it's nearly instantaneous. We don't do the whole blue-green deployment, uh, and it just makes the experience that much nicer. 
That's fantastic. And that's that's a great example of those those features are kind of rolling over time that delight customers. Uh, exactly. That, uh, really affects you if you're using the service. So I'm really glad to see that there. Yep. And last but hey, not John. least. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah one more. more. Yeah, there's one more. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. So last but not Bring least, <laughs> yes, we have uh, support for a couple of additional regions. Um, we did launch support for the GovCloud region, uh, very highly you know, asked for feature, uh, as well as support for the Ningxia region. Um, and That's great. So we are nearly complete across all of the AWS regions. That's great. And all these capabilities are across all the regions. So everything we've spoken about uh, today is relevant where you use Elasticsearch. Yes. these are All these features are available in all the regions that we support. Fantastic. Hey, John, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. It's been great having you here again. Sure thing. Thank you, Simon. Now, if this sort of topic is interesting to you, then a place you're probably going to want to go is a little play, thing we call uh, AWS reInvent. So AWS reInvent is on again this year, November 26th through November 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And registration is open. And I'll give you the tip, it sells out fast. So visit reinvent.awsevents.com to sign up. Because every year, without fail, unfortunately, I have customers reach out to me kind of a, a month or two in advance and say, hey, can I get a ticket? And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> it's sold out. So early is good. I think, John, John, you've done your fair shares of, uh, of reInvents and uh, it, it's a pretty amazing thing, isn't it? It's, it is truly amazing. Fun fact, I have managed to be a presenter at every reInvent. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to meet John. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll be a reInvent. Fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com. Tell your friends. Tell others the podcast is there. Give it a review on your podcatcher. And until next time, keep on building.